I want to say that Dugan's actually a fairly astute reader of Kojebe and of Fukuyama. And one of the things that I'm impressed about this book is that uh, even though some of his references are dated, he seems to actually understand the American ideologies of the ruling class that left us just kind of like drop because we think they're gauche. Right. Like we don't talk about Fukuyama. We don't talk about Huntington. We don't talk. We just kind of write all that off. And I'm like, Huntington and Fukuyama, you are more likely to read than Karl Marx if you go to an Ivy League university, even though they seem right. like, you know, like the dumb form of political science. Um, and I think people need to sit with that a little more. One, it implies that our elites are stupider than we think. But two, um, I do think we ignore this at our peril. And if anything, for example, I read uh, Francis Fukuyama's The Origins of Political Order and, the, and Political Order and Decay, which are uh, a series of books he wrote in the aughts and aught teens. Long, it's kind of his like capital, actually, except he's trying to look at like what establishes political order. How do you play self interest off of each other? How do you like get out of the city's traps. Why is this the end of history and how did we get here? And what about like Christianity and, and the political economy of Christianity, et cetera, let us there. Right. It's actually a very smart book. Nobody fucking talks about that book in our circles. Cause you can't just simply make fun of it. Um, right. it, you know, it's not like the end of history. Like, Oh, nine 11 just prove that. Um, you know, it's or whatever we say now. Um, uh, and, and one of the things I am of, and I also point out about Fukuyama, Fukuyama did not think that liberalism winning was necessarily good. Because no, tied, he, I don't think he did yeah. at all. Yeah. Uh, in fact, like tied into his predictions is what what he aims to do is take Hegel, remove Hegel from Marx. You know, go back to to the center Hegelians, basically. Um, right. But also to put Hegel in, in in dialogue with Nietzsche and the and what was you know what then the hip trendy post Marxist things to do on the quote left unquote, um, which is weird to me that Nietzsche became so important to the left. But um, nonetheless, that's what what he was aiming to do and say like Nietzsche's not wrong about what it implies about human character and greatness and all that. All this is over. We're in the administrative world now. And, right. and Fukuyama says, this is even what Marx wants. He does talk about Marx. He's like, when Marx talks about the administration of things, like we're there. Like we got it. We got to it without communism. Like, um, and now again, I would point out that Fran uh, James Burnham and Pareto and the Italian elite school all already made that argument, like in the twenties, but so just so people know, it wasn't new, you, you know, but it is pretty interesting that that's where this is coming from. And that's the form of liberalism in the understanding of liberalism that Dugan's aiming at, not like anti-liberal liberalism. I actually find it interesting that he's not taking the dumb caricatured, you know, woke view of liberalism as obnoxious wokeness or whatever as his enemy right, right. which most like you know quasi pseudo traditionalists like jordan peterson would try to do in america today 
Like he does not try to start from a straw man on this, which I actually think is interesting given that he will do like, I've heard Dugan talk on Alex Jones and whatnot. He'll do it if it's conducive to him, but that's not the, in the core of his thinking. Yeah. That's, not, that's, that's not his main crusade. Cause it right. really like, as you read this book, you, you kind of have to learn about liberalism, like what it actually means, what it actually is it, even in order just to contend with it, because it's, Dugan's operating and writing on such a higher level than I, honestly, even what most Marxists or whatever, most people on the left even believe is possible anymore. So, so and when I, I read, you know, this, yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, when I read this book the first time, I read two other books immediately upon reading it, which is uh, Domenico Lucerto's uh, Liberalism and Counter History, which is okay as far as it goes. It's like, there's the more I learn about Lucerto's politics, the more there's some things that I was like, aha. I'm on to you. Um, you dungest. But um, there's also things in there. I read Jonathan Israel's like, like five part, probably 60,000 words. Once you read them all together are more like, like 3000 pages history of liberalism and the different strands of liberalism and he like has a left, right, center, and radical liberal liberalism and, and all this stuff. Um, and I needed to read that to even begin to cr to cr create a response to this because I do think you're right that Dugan does want you to think about what liberalism is, but he wants you to think about what liberalism is in abstract in its ideological apparatuses not the historical processes not just the economic processes right, i do right. think that can be too limiting um but the historical processes that led to it um yeah. and i don't know why he doesn't want to go there but it does seem like it's given what he's clearly read he could but he doesn't and so that's going to be one of the things like that's my heuristic of suspicion other than just like disagreeing with his right-wing politics so rethinking the past and those who lost he really he really starts he starts honing in on you know uh figures of of the of the quote third position are what sometimes called the right wing critique of 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 conservatism um reactionary thought he also looks through uh, figures who tried to read left ideas through rightist lens and vice versa. Uh, right, yeah. And he does this because he thinks that the problem, <laughs> I mean, I, I skipped over reading this, but he says that the problem with modernity is like the third position critiqued liberal capitalism from the position of the right of, of traditional integrated corporate society or race, depending. Right. Um, yeah. And the and the second position, which, of course, Marxism never calls itself the second position. Again, that whole framework implies a accepting of validity as fascism that Marxists would never grant, but critiques it from the left, the standpoint of the oppressed, the excluded, um, and the particularly in Marxism, the exploited. Um, and that he's like, well, you know, the fourth political position's got to come from beyond both. We basically... You know, as 
as Marxism said to liberalism, we will actually deliver on the uh, on the bourgeois values of which you cannot. Um, he says that basically uh, fourth positionism has got to say to fascism, we're going to be beyond left and right because you couldn't do it. Right. Like, which is an interesting, again, an interesting way to, to, to view this. Although this is the kind of stuff where people go, well, he's really a fascist. I, I would say like, no, but I think you have more of a point there than you realize, because there is a way in which like, part of the way in which Marxist ideologically can't get past their liberalism is that we also do come out of taking its essential values framework as more or less valid. Yeah, right? that's true. Um, uh, you could actually see fourth positionism here going like, well, you're wrong about race and you're wrong about the corporate state, but you're on to something about traditional civilization so if we lean in traditional civilization by inverting the causes of the left and right split in the first place, which is rooted in modernity, we can go back to being beyond left and right because we have inverted the positions of which it comes, which, which again means that we have to, we have to recognize this as a fundamentally reactionary project from the standpoint, not from just a Marxist standpoint, but from the standpoint of like Demestra and reactionaries themselves. Like right. we cannot go back to the past, but we can bring the past back because it's people because the forces that destroyed the past uh, actually got rid of the dead weight of the past, and now we can use that to build the past anew and better and stronger. Like that's yeah. that's, that's the metro vision, you know. That's part of what the whole being building a civilizational state rather than a nation state. That's a big part of it. Is like the nation in the emergence of the nation was a a scattering that modernity imposed upon a much more, uh, much more coherent civilizations. And so we've been living with the detritus of that uh, event, but now we can, yeah, we can, we can reverse all of that. But it is interesting to me though, that like he sees like national Bolshevism as what the rest should attach to and not like neo-Christendom. I do find that interesting. Like, like, yeah, he believes in Christendom for Russia, but he doesn't seem to believe it for the West. And I, I, I want to get into like why you think he might feel that way, because that, that is weird to me. I mean, like, I think it's really weird. So, um, I mean, w one thing could just be that like, and I, I don't really know. It's just, it's just a guess, but like Christendom uh, for a Russian and for a person in the East is is actually a lot more pre-modern because of what of what Eastern Orthodoxy and its uh and its you know rituals and its eschatology and, and all of it in a way that um Christianity in the West because of the Protestant Reformation and the way that the Catholic Church then tried to like adjust itself in order to stay relevant that's all modernity it's all part it's pre-modernity it's it's actually what gives gives rise to liberalism and so on. So Christian, if you just talked about Christendom in the West, you're not necessarily getting at the same thing as you're talking about as, as you would in Russia. So that's at least I think at least one possibility for why. But also, like national Bolshevism has no uh, no grounds at all. There's no popular basis for it at all, as opposed to Christianity. Yeah, that that's that's what I don't like. 
that's what I don't understand. Cause I'm, I'm like often neo-fascist movements will, will latch on to race and then religion because there's a popular basis through religion. Like golden Dawn operates through the, the, you know, uh, resistance around, um, Islamic incursion on the Greek Orthodox Church, in addition to right, whatever right. racial complaints that it has. Um, Casa Pound often will speak the language of distributism and whatnot, uh, uh, and of Pionono and Pope Pius IX and um, and the rejection of both uh, communism and liberalism in in uh, the Second Council of Trent. Um, Etc. Like that's that. Like that they'll do that explicitly. In addition to whatever other like normal fascist bullshit they do, um, and you know why they actually why they you know Casa Pound actually harbors national Bolshevik uh, ideological structures. They don't talk in those terms most of the time, um, and I find that. And in the like softer post-fascism in in Italy, you definitely don't see like strong like Maloney's not appealing to national Bolshevism, yeah, like, like at all, yeah. I, and so like that that seems to be like I don't know if that's like coming from a weird Russo-centric point of view or like it might be like I'm like maybe maybe Bolshevism has more of a a calling card like. I'm trying to think of like what like if I was trying to make weird crazy calls about Russia through an American lens, what would I do? And I mean, I, I know the most common one is to treat Dugan like he's Alex Jones. Um, you know, I mean, he's kind of like Alex Jones. He's just a uh, way smarter. Um, he's way <laughs> smarter, more pleasant, more pleasant to encounter and to interact with, or whatever, intellectually. But uh. Socially, he kind of plays the same role, you know, in a in a huge way. Anyways, well, it seems like when I was reading about stuff that he was up to after he lost his professor position, which again makes him very different than Alex Jones, um, yeah, right? Um, you know, he got involved in like like a like a a neo uh, a politically orthodox like news channel that went nowhere. Um, so in that sense. Yes, and he also, but but it's also interesting because one of the things about fourth political theory that 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 makes it somewhat useful, and this I do want to talk a little bit about, and this is not in this book, but there's a strong appeal in Islamist communities for Duganists, like that's that's real, like they do outreach explicitly to Islamists and stuff like that, which is different from other forms of um, European New Right. Who, yeah, like vastly different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, who uh, often are very anti-Islamist. Um, yeah, and so that's an interesting difference, and it it, it does, and that doesn't seem to have any theological problem for for Dugan. I mean, these are there are paradoxes in Dugan's like religiosity. I mean, I do know that he like came out of an occult stuff in the nineties and he was kind of in that fascist occult world for, and I don't say that as a slur, like it's like he admits this. Um, uh, but that he, you know, he became much more enamored in the Orthodox church, but he doesn't, 
he doesn't frame his ideologies, at least not to non-Russian speakers, in those terms at all. But uh, well, I think that's a, that's part of why he. I mean, that's one thing about what he has said, at least up to this point, which kind of shows him to be a genuine in in his appeal. I mean, in terms of what he's actually trying to appeal to, because in the Russian civilization, sure, Christianity is is the thing, but in the Arab civilization, you know, just adopting these these terms, Islam is the thing, and to oppose that would be one of the forms of racism that he thinks we should reject. So, however paradoxical it is, it is at least a it's it's honest. And it's you know it's genuine. There is there is a genuine yeah. pluralism in terms of the world. There's right. not a genuine pluralism in terms of an individual society. But he thinks no, all these individual societies have a right to to exist, and that basically, I mean, it's interesting. Pairing, I mentioned Samuel Huntington because it's interesting pairing like this with the class of civilization stuff because like basically Dugan's like, yeah, Samuel Huntington's right, and we're gonna win, but. All these other like forms of, of life, if they didn't impose their will on us, uh, we would not have a problem with them. Now, of course, I've heard that before. Uh, Socialists right. used to say that about the Jews and blame them for communism. But um, uh, so you know, I, I'm like, uh, for someone who's familiar with other Russian right wing like uh, right wing thinkers, I, I'm like, I've I'm on to this to some degree, but he does seem sincerely and sincerely to believe that like these other world forms have legitimacy, except for maybe liberalism. If like, if like there was a non-liberal Americanism, he might be okay with it. Like, right. and that's, that is interesting. Cause that like, that actually puts him at deviance with like the Orthodox church and this idea of the universal Catholic church. It does. Like, yeah. Well, and, and in later cha in chapter two, he talks about what you know what from liberalism is worth saving. Mm -hmm. Even his anti-liberalism is not um, it's not total. It's just uh, it just takes for granted that it's run its course and it has overreached, and so it needs to it needs to be done away with. But not every single aspect of what it has brought to the world needs to be done away with. Uh, this you I know, find like freedom. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. This I find interesting, though. I'm going to read most of this section because this is where this is another place where his traditionalism actually becomes clear in the four political theory. We're in the section called the return of tradition and theology, and I might read most of it. Just warning. Tradition, yeah, religion, hierarchy, family and its values were overthrown at the dawn of modernity. Actually, all three political theories were conceived as an artificial ideological constructions by people who comprehended in various ways. The Death of God, Friedrich Nietzsche, The Disenchantment of the World, Max Weber, The End of the Sacred. This was the core of the new era of modernity. Man came to replace God, philosophy and science replaced religion, and rational, forceful, technological constructs took the place of revelation. Now, this is where uh, Dugan is more like Alex Jones than David Graeber. But it's also interesting because this is, you know, I'll keep going. However, if modernism is exhausted in post-modernity, then at the same time, this period of theomachy comes to an end along with it. I think this is this is smart because other people in 2008 were not predicting this. Postmodern people are not endemical towards religion but rather indifferent. Hmm. Moreover, certain aspects of religion as a rule such as satanism and the denonic texture of postmodern philosophers are quite appealing to many postmodern individuals. 
this is another place where he sounds like Alex Jones, but he has like some interesting reasons for believing it. In yeah, any case, the difference, the difference is that he like, kind of backs it up and it's not just a thing to say, you know? Right. It's not just, oh, these people are Satanists. It's like, well, no, like this stuff has like this rebellion, this it's not just that people have become rational. It's like in dealing with the rebellion of religion, they've actually like created a not really truly believed counter religion, like Baphomet pins and whatnot. I mean, like, look, I have one somewhere. Right. Um, uh, and that like, you know, Satanism is not really, you know, people don't really believe it, but, but there is a sense in which you see this even more now than you did in 2008, 2009 as a kind of like ironic embrace of rebellion in a time where we're not really that ironic anymore. Um, yeah. Anyway, huh. in any case, the era of persecuting tradition is over. Although following the logic of post-rebellism, this will likely lead to the creation of a new global pseudo-religion based on the scraps of disparate syncretic cults, rampant chaotic ecumenicism and quote tolerance. Again, sounds like Alex Jones. <laughs> Well, this turn of events is in some ways more terrifying than direct and uncomplicated dogmatic atheism and materialism. The crease in the persecution of the faith may offer an opportunity if the representatives of fourth political theory act consistently and uncompromising in defending the ideas and values of tradition, capital T. It is now safe to institute a political program that was once outlawed by modernity. It is no longer foolish and doomed for failure as before because everything in postmodernity looks foolish and doomed for failure including its most glamorous aspects. It is by chance that the heroes of post-modernity are freaks and monsters, transvestites and degenerates. This is a new law of style. Against this bad drug of the world's clowns, for those of you who wonder where clowns world comes from, I actually think it comes directly from this. Yeah. Translated through 4chan, and I'm being serious. Um, nothing and no one could, could look too uh, archaic. Not even the people of tradition who ignore the imperatives of modern life. This was like a lay. This actually is kind of a a, a kind of simpler version of Elaine de Benoit or de Benisa. I'm never quite sure how to say it. Um, I think it's Benoit, but I don't yeah, actually right. know either. Uh, Elaine yeah, de Benoit's uh, on being a pagan. If you ever find that book, I read it uh, in the early aughts. I'm going to write that down. Um, the fairness of this of this assertion is not only proven by significant achievements of Islamic fundamentalism. I, I do think it's interesting how fast Islamic fundamentalism, like just maybe it's because the left doesn't want to deal with it. I don't know, but it's just been like, we don't even talk about that anymore. Um, but also by the glowing influence of extremely archa uh, archaic Protestant sects, dispensationalist Mormons and so on in American foreign policy. I think this is interesting because this was very true in 2009. I don't think it's true now, but in the ways it's not true, it actually backs up his first assertion against the second that like now the like it, tradition just doesn't everything's so weird that this doesn't seem weird anymore. And it doesn't have like, we're not scared of dispensationalists anymore because all of it's a right. joke. Yeah. Like, you know, George W. Bush went to Iraq because in his own words, God told me to invade Iraq. This is quite in keeping with his Protestant Methodist teachers. No, it's not, dude. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> Bush was a milk toast Methodist. Anyway, thus yeah. the fourth political theory. Th- th- there are times where, like, I'm just gonna say this: where Dugan seems to believe, like, bullshit American, uh, like simplifications of our own history. Bull- Dugan actually trusts us on on yeah. misunderstanding our own past. It's very weird. Like, I was going to say, I was going to say the same thing. Like, it, it seems like he's deeply familiar with some aspects of, like, you know, philosophical and academic and intellectual Western, like, and Western life. media. But uh, in other in other areas of the way the Western life is is presented to the world, he seems to be a extremely naive and fairly uneducated. At least, yeah, at it, least, uh, at least in this regard, yeah. It's very weird, actually. <laughs> Like, um, thus, the fourth political theory may easily turn everything that preceded modernity in order to draw on its inspiration. The acknowledgement of God's death ceases to be mandatory imperative for those who want to stay relevant. The people of post-modernity are already so resigned to this event that they can no longer understand it. Who exactly died? But in the same way, the developers of fourth political theory can forget about this event. We believe in God, but ignore those who talk about his death much like we ignore the words of madmen. And I think this is trying to have your cake and eat it too. And I don't think it actually works, but I do, I do see where he's going with this. Right. I mean, um, I could, I could, I could totally understand like why he would be going that way. But uh, I, I think I probably agree with you. It's like, it's like, dude, people like try to do this. We believe in God stuff, but it never sticks. It just doesn't like Jordan Peterson. Like, who's become kind of the the voice piece of America's religious reaction cannot even say clearly he actually believes in a physical personal right. God. Right, exactly. Like, he gives me garbity gook that sounds like young plus Lacan that sounds like it was pulled from Deleuze and Guattari. Like, whenever you ask him a straightforward... Like, demons are this manifestation of this ethical blah, blah, vital... Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's... It it, it 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 you just like and so in a way what he sounds like is he sounds like a person who who recognizes that um there's a value in speaking in a way that other people will understand but he doesn't quite do it very well but either way he sounds like a person who's you know trying to sound like more authentic than he actually than even he feels that he actually needs to be right um, well, I mean, it's funny to me that these are like the, the, the great, and this is, this is something I find e- even true in Dugan, uh, the great opponents of post-modernity actually take post-modernity at face value in a way that I don't think you probably can. Wait, we talked about this last time. If, if, you know, if it, if it was just recognized as the decadent, uh, expressions of modernity, it would be a lot easier to like to contend with and also to ignore but once it becomes its own phenomena and it also has to be taken seriously and contended with in a way that I think it doesn't deserve. And, uh, you know, that, that plays out here. Uh, this is interesting though, because this is where you see what, what the political theology that Dugan's actually operating from, but you're also right. Uh, Jason, that he really is a pluralist. Like he's serious about that. Um, yeah. This return of the this marks the return of theology and becomes an essential element of the fourth political theory. 
when it returns post-modernity, post globalization, post-liberalism, the post-industrial society is, e is easily recognized as the kingdom of the Antichrist. This, by the way, this is Derek talking. This is why I think he has no problem like going on uh, to Alex Jones and talking this crazy religious talk. It's not because he literally believes it in the same way Alex Jones does. But he does like metaphorically believe it in the same way Alex Jones right. does. <laughs> like... Uh, but get, I mean, this is where it's wild. Like you can see how you can see how like weird conspirituality plays into this. I like that um, word conspirituality. Yeah. Um, for its counterparts in other religions, Dajjal for Muslims, Ivrav for, for Jews, Kali Yuga for Hindus, Kali Yuga for Buddhists too, and so forth. This is not simply a metaphor capable of mobilizing the masses, but a religious fact. The fact of the apocalypse. Yeah, and I think he does. I think he believes that. Yeah, and I think I think um, he takes for granted that you know various figures on the right in the U.S. also believe that, but they don't. At least not in the same way. Yeah, I mean, this is this is where things get weird because uh, there there are, he does seem to think that some of the members of of even the U.S. far right are more sincere than I think they are. <laughs> like, right. It's just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, so, so, th and this is another thing that ties him to fascism, at least to Sorellianism, maybe not the fascism proper, um, is he believes that myth and events super, super fucking important, even if it's not true. Like, I mean, I kind of do too, a little bit anyways. Like I at least kind of, I think that it's worth a, seriously considering what is meant whenever a person is talking about such things as opposed to just writing it off. But, uh, well, well this but yeah, is what's I, interesting. I only kind of do. Yeah. This is what's interesting. Cause he doesn't want to go back to pure theocracy and this, uh, I'll read this too. If atheism in the new, in the new era ceases to be something mandatory for fourth political theory, then the theology of monotheistic religions, which at one time displaced other sacred cultures will not be the ultimate truth either. Or rather, may or may not be. That is interesting. That's that's a big claim. I, I don't see how that's not heretical from an Orthodox Christian standpoint. <laughs> but I mean, I, yeah, it is. It's very heretical. Like, um, but it's basically like you know, like there's going to be monotheistic cultures and there's going to be non-monotheistic cultures. That's cool. Um, it's very but, much the, the opposite of the charge of the of the apostles to go out among you know all the world and, and spread the good word or whatever it's, it's almost like, eh, like don't actually people, do that it's interesting because he seems to both be a christian but think nietzsche's point about the universalization of christianity is right and it leading to liberalism <laughs> dave benoit actually this is why dave benoit argues for paganism like because he thinks like it recognizes world plurality whereas monotheistic religions necessarily tend towards universal and atomistic uh views of the world so right. did the only so he actually thinks like you got to get rid of like you got to kill the single god in your head for a i bunch mean of, you know that's what hegel thought too except for hegel just thought it was good instead of bad <laughs> right um well and and what's interesting is well this is what i'm going to ask you Dugan seems to at once think that he's kind of a dark Hegelian. He believes that Hegel was right, but it manifested not in the good freedom of the world, but in the bad, uh, 
governance administrative administered managerial world of right. you know of the of the end of history but he actually does seem to think that hegel was right thus hegel is wrong because it's bad so we need to go back to pluralism but how do we do that if we're christians because if hegel's right this is what christianity ultimately leads to and but dugan, but dugan can't have that so he seems to want to have his nietzsche and eat it too right like, i mean I don't have a response to that. I think you're right. I think, I think he thinks that Hegel's right, and he he argues very much from a at least a quasi Hegelian perspective. But then he also argues against himself in, even in the next sentence, because I don't think he's yet uh, he hasn't reconciled his own thought, and uh, he even says as much because he even says like, at some point the fourth political theory might run aground. It might be for nothing. Hopefully that won't happen, because. He's not even like, you know, he's not erecting the fourth political theory. He's just outlining all the all the things that go into it, including things which are mutu- like mutually antagonistic, and, even and though his, he doesn't exactly say that next part. Yeah, his, his out for that is like, well, but like rationality is modern. So fuck it. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, I it really kind of is that simple. <laughs> like, um, I, I'll, I'll literally read it. Theoretically, nothing limits the possibilities for in-depth readdressing of ancient archaic values, which can take their place in the new ideological construction upon adequately recognized and understood. Hey, and like, look, I'm a Lester McIntyre fan. I'm all about archaic values, but, uh, uh, eliminating the, the, the need to adjust theology to the rationalism of modernity, the adherence of fourth political theory. Uh, did you do, 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 I don't need you to give me all this stuff ebook. All right. The adherence of fourth political theory are free to ignore the, those te- theological and dogmatic elements in monastic societies which were influenced by rationalism, and especially in their later stages. 